SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songhe Zomapete on SAFM. We've talked before and we talk again, this time specifically focusing on working from home. How does it impact the female labor force, especially in the times of COVID? Preliminary thoughts, please. Good evening, Andy Besaidenot. Good evening, and thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. I think the, um, the situation we're all finding ourselves in and working from home leaves us with where the beginning of March and April was quite exciting. We now have various entities and companies looking at this possibly being a working from home arrangement until the end of the year. And the question then arises, firstly, whether or not all employers are in fact allowing a working from home arrangement. If not, on whose responsibility are the kids and the household? And even to the extent that you are working from home, responsibility split um, at home, and also how are you juggling that with everything else that's going on? So it leads to it leads to an interesting discussion as to whether or not we're at the point of equality that female employees specifically would have the time on their hands to still juggle all of these responsibilities. Let, let, let's focus on, for instance, the home. The home is now a mixture between a home, because it will never be anything else, but on top of that, it now becomes a workplace. And there are some very fine lines that can be drawn there. Among others, resources used by the employee, the claims that one can make, the fact that hours of work are suddenly very different because can you really claim to be unavailable for an hour whilst working from home, whereas in the workplace you could literally leave and say you're taking your lunch hour. I'm trying to now grapple with some of the issues in employment law practice that some of the employers are raising in relation to trying to adjust even their workplace policies to fit the environment that we are now all being forced to operate from. I think you raise a good point in that there's so many that count because what used to be your place of rest for most people have now also become your place of work. And what we've seen, the direct result of that is, and, and you may even have experienced it yourself, is we've seen to a certain extent that boundaries have been erased in that um, where, where calls may have happened or meetings may have happened between standard business hours, the view is now that people are working from home and readily available. And that does trigger discussions such as what happens with the additional extent should working from home arrangements also allow employees, and by employees I mean both male and female, to to also attend to other responsibilities that they may have at home now that the arrangement allows for it. But Mm -hmm. also in addition to that, if you're an employer who's actually requiring your employees to come back to work, but that specific employee's kids are not necessarily back at school or maybe at home for an extended period of time for reasons related to the COVID-19 pandemic. What are you doing as an employer to try and assist that employee? Because, and I understand that we're, we should be careful to not or to think that everyone is in the same situation, but most instances or in the majority of cases, the responsibilities fall on one of the two parents. And that specific parent where they may have been able to, to work eight to five with a certain structure in place previously, having kids at home no longer allows them to do that. And what, what are employers doing to consider that? And I think, I think that's really what triggers the discussion is that, that we've noticed that 
the South African working arrangement is very far away from first world countries where these balances are in place and the necessary protections are in place to ensure that all the responsibilities can be attended to. And I think employers should be aware that you may have employees at home who are in quite a difficult position and trying to juggle quite a few things in addition to work, although they may be working from home or needed at the office. And all of what you say pound for pound impacts women that much more than it does men. For instance, a recent survey investigating the socioeconomic impact of COVID-19 shows that of the 3 million jobs that were shed when the stats came out, whether it was stats SA or the labor report, as the case may be, two thirds of those jobs were women. Now, you mentioned things like shared and co-parenting responsibilities. There are many South African homes that are single parent homes, of course, when I talk about single parent, for the most part, I'm talking about the women is there. Is the workplace ready now more than ever before to respond to broader societal and social issues that in the traditional workplace, it didn't have to worry about too much. But right now, it essentially is the interface between its employees, the employees' challenges, and to that extent, where they can, they obviously have to relent and yield because it nonetheless remains a reality. How ready is South African workplace to accept those realities? I think not ready at all, and I think that's what we've all learned over the past few months is how far ready we were from various things. And although we've all made progress with in a corporate environment, for example, with online meetings and even the CCNA and the Labour Court is online, we must accept that certain workplaces will never allow working from home arrangements or will never be able to introduce the flexibility that would be required by a single parent household during this time. And that leaves us with a difficult difficult discussion that needs to take place or, or the meeting that employers need to have with employees to better understand specific difficulties that they may be experiencing. And I think it's, it's relevant for them to do inquiries as to where are my single household parents um, in my workplace? What what can be done, if anything? And even if nothing can be done, at least just have a sympathetic ear to an employee who may not necessarily be able to always be at the ready, such as other employees may be. Because there are additional responsibilities, and I don't think any of us can ignore that during this time. You say sympathetic ear, and a sympathetic ear is no more than that. It doesn't change one's circumstances in reality. So I'm going to ask you, please, and I'm possibly maybe putting you on the spot here because you don't have a live instruction to respond to. But what could then be the obvious pointers for employers and or employees for the purposes of remedying, if you like, some of these social defects or now employment stroke labor environment defects that have been occasioned by COVID-19? Yes, I wish I had the answer to that question, but I think as with anything in, in labor relations, and I know you, you have a bit of experience in it yourself, is I think the beginning, the starting point is to listen. And I think that's what's concerning is that, is that that's not even necessarily happening. You as the employer and you as the employee need to communicate and engage and listen. And if there's a willingness to listen, there's hopefully a willingness to change um, and to assist where possible. I think just being aware of the fact that difficulties are being experienced and creating a platform for your employees to raise these with you puts you quite a few steps ahead of the general employer at this point. 
And it is a really mm-hmm. difficult, it's a difficult balance to strike because we can't ignore the difficulties being faced by employers at this point and, and the operational requirements that they have just to keep afloat during an incredibly difficult economic time. But I think if employers can take that into account and employees can take their employer's position into account and we can just at least start discussing the matter, we will hopefully make some good progress. And hopefully, especially, there can be greater protections because the conditions require more dialogue and that dialogue in itself engages people and it is when people are engaged, especially some of the challenges that women in the labor force are faced with, is as good a time now than ever before to perhaps try and pick up some speed on some of the things that we've lagged behind. Final contribution. I think these discussions are in fact long overdue and as with many things associated with COVID-19, it can hopefully be used for the positive and to make strides forward towards achieving a more equitable workplace. Anli, as always, thank you very, very much for your time. I'm sure we've got you on speed dial because not only do you respect the time, but you actually give us answers that we ask, unlike some of the people in public service. Have a good evening. Thank you, Tungetu. Ms. Anli Besaidenhout, Senior Associate in the Cliff Decker Hofmeyer, now known as CDH Legal. She's an employment law specialist there. Give her a call. I'm sure she'll be more than willing to help you. And she's a lady. A very competent one at that. I know I was a colleague. Working from home, how does it impact the female labor force? Those were the responses from Anli. Let's go to news. It's 21 hours.